Hey everyone, it's uh, Dave Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play podcast where I talk about buying, selling, managing and financing small and medium-sized businesses. And if you recall a few weeks ago, I came back from Kilimanjaro and in the, in the video I made after that, I told you guys that I had in, intended to make recordings with some of my fellow travelers while I was on the mountain and that every night I was just totally exhausted and it didn't happen. So true to my promise, I've brought some more of my fellow travelers onto the, onto the program. So today I've got Ralph and Lucy McRae who hail from Miramichi, New Brunswick, and you guys were on the hike with me. How are you guys doing today? Good. Awesome. It's Great. Friday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Going up for um, dinner. What, so, so tell me honestly, because um, Lucy, you are a regular marathon runner, correct? Yes, Long- I've, I've run six marathons in the past. I don't do distance anymore, but yes, I'm a runner. Okay. Yeah. And so you're physically fit. How, yep. did, how did you find the trip up to the top of the mountain? I found the trip amazing. Um, I, I, certainly my fitness contributed to it. Uh, my concern was the altitude sickness, which we yeah. know fitness has very little to do with it, right? So it's our, a very our individual biggest, thing with how yeah. someone reacts to yeah. that. Yeah, our biggest concern was doing what we were told to do, right? Yeah. Going slow, taking your meds, drinking the water, eating the, eating the carbs. So, yeah. Ralph, how many marathons have you run? <laughs> None, and I'm not going to run any <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah. What What did you think about the trip up the mountain? Uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, I, I keep in shape too. Uh, most winters I am in the gym two or three days a week, ex-military. So I did a lot of running in the past, and uh, I try to keep in pretty good shape. But uh, it, it wasn't an easy climb. It was a hard climb. I remember you mentioned looking, trying to take a picture of the lights going up the mountain. And after looking up the mountain twice and saying, I don't think I'm going anywhere. <laughs> I said, I'm not looking up the mountain anymore. I'm just gonna yeah. keep my head down, keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think that your experience uh, in the military helped you for getting through some of the difficult spots on that well, trip? The, the, milita- the military, uh, certainly you, you learn a lot in the military and you learn to have the drive. And uh, I'm, I remember telling Lucy, I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get us up this hill. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we did it. And uh, just just the drive. Yeah. I think yeah. the military in the past has shaped him who he is anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of his, his way he does things. So, so the, the military, though, is part of the story we're going to talk about today. Because, uh, and, um, and a lot of the people who view this are American and, and from other countries. So just for... For everyone who doesn't know, the, the Canadian military is integrated. So, Ralph, you were in the Air Force but stationed aboard a Navy ship, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. For one, one, a short period, yeah. Two years. I sailed the yeah. sea for two years. Mm-hmm. But I, I did many things like uh, I, I mentioned before. I, I was an instructor on the F-18s maintenance uh, instructor. Uh, I worked on the Voodoos. I worked on the Sea Kings and uh, many other aircraft. But... Uh, most of my career was with fighter aircraft. Okay. And, and did your career come to an end when you were living in Halifax? Yes. Uh, that was through the liberal government doing, due to big cutbacks in the military. And I could have stayed two more years and, and then they would have thrown me out or I, they did a buyout and let me go early. So okay. I did buyout and run. So the, the buyout, did that contribute to you making the decision to buy the business that you guys ultimately bought? 
you want a quick story on how we bought the business? I come home, yeah. uh, we're living in Halifax, most of my family is in the Miramichi, and we come home one weekend, and my brother said, I gotta go fix something for a man, uh, you wanna come? And I said, okay, I moved down, and he said, later he said, this, he's selling that business if you're interested in it. And I looked at it and I said, well, you know what, I wanna come home anyway, so I looked at it hard, and first thing we were on our way up to Miramichi, and I own a business. You know what, at the time, you guys, and we've never talked about this again since, at the time, these guys were very heavily involved in the stock cars. And they were actually thinking on doing, converting it, because we went to see Streets Auto Place also to purchase. Yeah, we looked comparing at that. So, but their goal was to actually do mechanical work and all that and working on cars there and set it up like that. But then he you know, started thinking and said, hey, the heck of this, I don't have to do that kind of labor anymore. And he opted not to. And we focused on the, uh, the recycling and the, and the, um, just the regular um, salvage so surplus. Yeah. Okay. So what, what year are we talking about? When did you buy the business? June, July 1st of 1999. 1999. So it's been almost 20 years now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago, what kind of process did you go through? What kind of help was there? How did you figure out how to do this operation? Mm-hmm. Well, being mechanically inclined, uh, the operation itself was, was, was kind of come natural. It's a scrap metal business, but there is a lot of equipment involved with the scrap metal business. And uh, Well, I'm talking about the deal. I'm talking yeah. about making the deal. The deal, deal was very difficult. Uh, first of all, we cashed our RSPs, took a big hit there. Um, then when it come to banking, because we were new to the business, we went to every bank, our previous banks, no one would touch us. Finally had, we had to go to their bank, RBC, because of the fact that, um, that's who they dealt with, of course. And they, um, we had to take out some loans and it was, it was pretty, it was tough, really, really frustrating dealing with. If the military didn't continue to give him his his buyout and pay for our trip up and cover some some things. I don't think we could have done it. Really, uh, we were we would have been really broke. And and it took us five years. Really, we're always in in arrears. I think for at least five years before we certainly start started showing profit. Yeah. A little excitement when we first moved to the business. We had bought the business. We had bought the house that the previous owner owned also because it was right beside the business basically. Okay. And uh, we were moving home and the trucks were on their way when they called us from Halifax and said, we can't give you a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. a little exciting at that time. And, yeah, uh, you anxious, know. yeah, yeah. So if anything could happen, negative, it did, yeah. So it was really frustrating for first timers, for sure. So you ended up with the business and not the house next door? Oh no, we did, we eventually, yeah, yeah. I forget what we had the to o- do. The owners took the mortgage. Yes, that's what on it was. the house. Yep. Yeah. And then as we turned it over and we, we were able to get loans, show that we could run mm-hmm. the business, the banks then said, Okay, we'll, we'll give you a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. It was vendor okay. take back for the house that's right. Yeah. So so basically, um, you you came upon you you decided upon a price through negotiating with the seller and then you tried to finance it. The only way you were able to get the money together was by using their bank because their bank kind of knew their business yep. a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it puts you personally in such a situation that at the end of the day, the seller ended up having to finance you anyway, but in a strange kind of way for the house, not the business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what kind of track record did you ultimately have to build up before you were able to get that financed at the bank the normal way? 
was it two years or, or you said five years? It was close to five years probably because we had, uh, we didn't get any type of financing through any other source other than banking. I think we went, we, uh, we went credit. to Carpenter, Carpenter down with um, like CBDC and those places. Yes, the, got, the story is actually, when you think about it, uh, we didn't, the bank didn't give, wouldn't give us a mortgage because the owners wanted their money. Basically they're saying, you know, we like to get the money for the house. So we went to the bank, the banks couldn't give it to us. So we went to a mortgage broker, which costs us, ended up costing us more money for the mortgage. But yeah. he asked if there was a mortgage. That was after the vendor take back them. Yeah, that was after, after Bill and we did do the previous owners, we did the vendor take back with them for the house. Yeah. But then when we switched, we went to a, a broker as well. But I, I don't recall the reasons, a lot of the reasons there. But as far as, other financing from other, like I said, Wayne Carpenter was a guy in town with CBC. Is that what it's called? I think. So, so a lot of the, a lot of my viewers are, are, you know, all over the place. So yeah. CBC is like a community business development. Yes. Yep. Yep. And they have a small pool where they'll make loans. Yeah. Um, you know, not a tremendous amount of money, but I think they'll lend up to a hundred thousand dollars or something. And it's, it's, it's typically for helping businesses that are going to also create jobs. Yes. Yeah. How, how, talk about the business back in 99. How big was it as far as the number of employees that worked there? Like, like and what exactly was it doing when you bought it? When we first started, there was me yeah. and one other man working. The okay. business. And part of the deal, he had to stay. Because we knew that we needed him and yeah. Well, yeah. he needed the job anyway, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. just two of us and we worked hard at it uh, day and night. Um, you know, uh, he, when he went home at five, I would just start my work yeah. and I worked hard to get ahead and uh, we made the business grow every year. Every year we, we did something new and grew and grew and grew and uh, to what we are today. But at the time there was just the house and a small garage that he worked out of a small barn and the employee, he literally had a little heater that he sat by uh, in the winter and when he wasn't busy and never had coffee or tea. Everything was what he brought. And then the garage was not heated or the barn, what it is. And that's where they did the bottles. And then the metals and that were just all in the yard. So, so at the time you bought the business, it was a bottle redemption center. Mm -hmm. So people were bringing their empty cans and bottles in to get the deposits back. Yeah. And you were also buying scrap metal and things like that from people too. That yes. Yeah. A salvage yard basically. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Plus he had a, a sort of a surplus in that what happens is people bring in stuff, they clean up their garage or their basement and they bring it into scrap and he'd say, Oh, this lamp still works. I'm going to sell it as a lamp. Right. So that's how the surplus started. And then when Ralph, took over, he said, okay, well, let's start buying more surplus, like from Crown Assets, which is what he did. And then through that, we were able to expand on the military surplus. The Crown Assets also involves Human Resources Office, any other government office, so he'd buy desks and different things. So that's how that expanded. Yeah. So a lot of government stuff, if they closed an yeah. office, they'd pack yeah. everything up in a trailer and they basically just auction the whole thing off in yeah. one lot. Cleaning out people's homes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that sort of thing, and that a lot of that would be used as opposed to being junked away. Yeah. And and so and then how big did it grow as far as the number of people working there at your biggest point? Uh, uh, we had six employees right now. In the summer, we've had as many as eight. 
Yeah. Okay. Summers, yeah. Yeah. And our building is. We had a full. Uh, at one time, we had a full uh, hunting fishing store, selling guns, animals, uh, military clothing, new clothing, uh, all anything that in that side of the. Uh, that was from about 2010 to two. Maybe 2008 to 2014, we were selling hunting and brand new hunting and fishing. And did that come because of the military surplus? Kind of the, the hunting and fishing stuff was kind of a natural next step? Yes. For the military? Your gun shooting. Yeah, that was, that was, well, no, that was just a natural next step. Yeah. And, and then we moved into that. And that was when we started having a lot of employee problems, getting somebody that wanted to work and uh, wanted to be there. Talk a little bit about that. Like, yeah. what, 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 what were the challenges and, and why, you know, just hiring somebody else didn't seem to help? There was so much to do. I couldn't, I wanted to hire somebody that would take more to run the store. And I had actually three employees uh, running the store. And the, <laughs> some of the employees couldn't get along with each other. And uh, so we ended up changing employees. And at the end, uh, then I started downsizing a bit trying to downsize a bit and uh at the end it just said it was the headaches weren't worth it and uh you know if you're not going to be there uh, all the time which i couldn't be because i was trying to run a scrap metal business and a bottle depot also so the store was kind of a if it could run itself would have been great but it, it wouldn't uh, you couldn't depend on employees ralph's very hands-on always running around doing something physical like if someone wants something he's out there doing it he's got to fix this if something happens you know, he works 24-7 doing that. And the store needed him to be, no, no manager would do what he wanted to be done sort of thing, or in the same way. Or yeah. was do you, do you, Is it because you weren't able to find anyone who had the ability to run a store, or did it have more to do with doing things the way you particularly wanted them done, do you think? No, and no. actually, I, I normally gave free reign yeah. uh, in the store. That that was yeah. one of the problems. I gave free reign. I, you know, you said I, I suggested something, but I always I, from the military, you always ask how do you, how they want it done. Let them suggest the way they want to do it, and then if you don't agree with it, then they, they can be a uh, topic. But if uh, try to let them do their own free reign and uh, run it the way they want it to run it, but and that worked to, to a certain extent, but then. Things just get out of hand after a while, and, and uh, we we had one manager that just wanted to work do seasonal, and the business wasn't the store wasn't seasonal, right? It was year long because we had everything in there from not only hunting and fishing, but like the military, we still sold the used stuff, so the military work boots and coats and sleeping gear and all that stuff that you can go all, all year round. It wasn't just seasonal, but um, they just didn't want to work to the extent they would. If when Ralph was away, they weren't doing what they should have been. When the done. sun was shining, they wanted to be out boating or doing other things than working in a store. Yeah, that's, that's the way. <laughs> and yeah, the, yeah. the unemployment and, and the wealth, uh, I hate to say this, but the welfare and the unemployment in this country is ruining this country. Yeah. Because that's, as long as they don't work long enough to get their unemployment, then they don't want to do another thing. They want it. And basically, that's what it was. And I said, no, I just can't keep doing this. And So... Uh, what was, was that sort of the final straw then that made you say, let's just get rid of this business altogether? The, the, the store part. We didn't actually get rid of it altogether, but what I did is I stepped it down to uh, only larger items. Like instead of selling guns and ammo, we cleaned that store right out, sold everything off, 
And then I went to uh, bigger items, office uh, furniture, household furniture, bigger items that people couldn't walk out the door. And then I said, okay, now I can run the store and work around the business because if people want something, they're going to have to ask for it. And, that, you know, they can't steal it. And so there's, I didn't need a, a store manager anymore. Okay, so people weren't, weren't purchasing new stuff anymore from a supplier. It was mostly all used stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, so today people can walk in there, there's things to sell, but if they want to buy something, they then have to find someone working there and say, Hey, I need help. I want to buy this. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and so the, basically what you ended up doing and, and, and how much did that shrink your business when you got out of the, the hunting and fishing and the military surplus stuff? It, I, I would say, you know, maybe just a quarter. It's, it's still, yeah. see, my biggest part of my business was always the scrap metal. 75%. We, we did, yeah. We, yeah. We, uh, our business yeah. is 75% scrap metals, and that's where we made yeah. our money, with the, the precious always, metals and the scrap yeah. metals. And uh, so once I get out of the store, I, that eased up. Then I could put more time on the scrap metals, and that really took off. And uh, yeah. in, in looking back at the decision to get into the store, do you see it now as a big opportunity that just didn't work out? Or do you see it as something that distracted you from your main business anyway? That distracted me yeah. from my main business, yeah. really. Yeah. It took a lot of time. And especially with the employees, like I say, people not showing up for work and, and not even as much as giving a call to say, well, I'm not coming in today. And uh, yeah. things like this, you know, just when the, these things happen, it frustrates you. And, um, uh, then I have to be in the store. And if I'm in the store, then I can't work the, work the shop the way it should be. Us being able to go to Mount Killy, him being able to retire as soon as we sell is because of our scrap metals. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're just, it was an added feature maybe to bring more people up, but in the end, we're not, didn't lose anything because of it. It was less stress on him. Yeah. yeah. Would have been, it's a nice thing to have, but... Yeah. The scrap metal business is, is a big business where you have a lot of contracts and you do a lot of business around the city with, with other businesses and buying in their metals and sorting their metals and that. and that. That takes a lot of time and you need some good employees to do that kind of stuff. So for the past four years or so since the store has been closed, you're, you've been able to give the greater focus on your main business, which is the scrap metals. Since you've been 100% focused on it, um, how has it improved? 100%. Well, these past three years have been our best, but scrap metals are dependent on the stock market, on the market. So tomorrow they could take a, a big, big dive and he may not be, retire, be able to retire for another five years. Really, if they took a big, big dive, we won't have the numbers to prove it. So it's, it's a big thing. So it's the general economy. I mean, if there's a demand exactly. for new construction, then somebody wants to buy old metal to recycle it into new things. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, certainly depending on some of the contracts he has and, and that, but in mostly it's, it's the price of the, you know, the metals, the price has been good. We shipped out a lot. We got a lot of money. So, you know, the past two years, and that's what that boils down to. We had a couple of hard years, really hard years where we are, yeah, so anyway, yeah. Did you said when you first bought the business, you had had a really a couple of really hard years? Did that coincide with a decline in the price for the product? I think the, the prices the prices when we bought the business uh, were very low. I'll, I'll give you a number example. We were getting paid uh, forty dollars a ton, uh, 
but they were taking it out of our yard for us. Now it's up to almost 300 a ton. Yeah, so wow. it, it, there's a big difference. But yeah. you're talking, what, 20 years. So uh, metals are become more important that way. And uh, in the metal business is not only what you bring in, is what you can sort out of it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of income that way too. And the fact that we had loans, we had a house, we had a mortgage, we had all our vehicles. Um, right now, we have no bills except one big work truck. House is paid for, vehicles are paid for, mm. everything is paid for. So uh, everything is coming into the bank and to us. Life is just better Great in general. Difference. Yes. We're finally getting on top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I mean, Ralph, uh, when – Ralph, when you two um, went to Africa with me, um, your employees were pretty much able to keep things running out there? Yes. Uh, I have a brother that's actually, uh, he's been running the truck for me for a while. Um, <laughs> and he's been good. He's, he's a worker. And, I, and I, I did find some good employees that want to work. And uh, he took over and he's interested in buying it. So he's pretty well running anyway. Yeah. And uh, at this time right now, I said, I'm taking off tomorrow. He can run the show. Yeah. That one employee that was with us from day one is still with us. So wow. that means 14, almost 34 years he's been doing this. Yeah. 34 years. This guy. So, oh, since he started back with he the started, He was with them for 14 years and now it's almost 20 with us. Yeah. Wow. That's 34 years. So reflecting back on your day-to-day -day life when, when you were in the military versus your life as an entrepreneur, um, would, when you look back on that, what sort of advice would you give a young person? Would you steer them into, Hey, you should own a business or would you tell them that they should do something like join the military? Uh, I always tell young lads if, if, mm -hmm. you know, if they're lost that the military is always a good thing. But, uh, and I, I also say join the air force, not the army. They <laughs> shoot at you last there. I said, uh, uh, but, uh, all, all said and done, uh, to any young lad that wants to get in business today, uh, most go, take a chance because you have nothing to lose. I was scared to death when I bought my business. I didn't know we were going to survive or not. But I said, we're going to try it anyway. And uh, the biggest thing was, if you don't take a chance, you'll never get ahead. And military is a great life. Uh, I enjoyed it 100%. But you're only going to make a living there. If you want to make money, you have to get out and adventure on your own and learn to uh, work for yourself. And you will work hard if you're gonna get ahead. But it's the opportunities there. Yeah. The military, I came from a military background and my son's in the military, our nephew's in the military. I've encouraged many kids that I know, teenagers that are out working at call centers, do you know join the military. There is a lot of benefit to it, but where we're at now, if we had a, you know, known, but I mean, exactly. His military background certainly set a lot of, uh, put us in a, in a positive place where we're at now. But um, I, I don't think for someone to take over a business, it would be a lot of scrambling, you know, but mm -hmm. this was in existence and it all depends on where your background is for sure. But military has a lot of pros, but uh, certainly your own businesses can have just as much or more. Yeah. For sure. so I've had a lot of people over the years buy businesses who came from the military. And what I've always seen is that, their familiarity with process and operating procedures and setting up methods was very, very useful when they started to take control of a business because oftentimes that stuff isn't there. Mm -hmm. And did you find that 
when you, when you started to run this business that that kind of experience helped you get things set up more properly or, or did you, it, did it take you a while to realize that you had to actually do that? Uh, no, it, it, everything was a learning experience because it was something different that I was getting into. You know, I was walking out of fixing aircraft and now I'm going to work in a scrapyard. Well, it was a big change and I had to learn a lot too. So, uh, and, uh, the old military, the old military saying, he said, uh, you know, uh, I had lads walking in late for work. I said, well, you know, I'm paying you from 8 o'clock. I'm not paying you to start putting your coveralls at 8 o'clock. I'm paying you to start work at 8 o'clock. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to work for me, you know. And I, I, I expected people to, to toe the line. I, and I never made anybody do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And there's, I still stand beside my men and work beside them. So there's, you can't say, well, I'm a mean boss or a cruel boss. They don't do anything that I won't do myself. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the processes, a lot of it was still learning. The finances was, um, you know, I, I've always, always done, we've always paid that debt as soon as possible, got the lowest interest rates. We, you know, so we're really good that way. And I think that was a big thing that we didn't let anything mm -hmm. ride or we've never, never accumulated interest on anything. So um, I, I think that is, that's key. What I would do highly recommend and we're, we're certainly fair to the employees in terms of their wages and everything. We offer bonuses, you know, we do everything. I'll do a fair amount for them. So, uh, but I think as far as, I don't know, that Ralph's, Ralph is very organized. And that I think probably is a big thing. Ralph, he's organized and a good boss and he worked with his employees. So Military background yeah. and organized. Yeah. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. A lot of the people who are, who watch my videos are people who want to buy a business and they're in a similar position that you guys were at, at the end of, of your military career is that they, they have a house. Maybe there's still a mortgage. They have kids that aren't fully raised that aren't off to college yet. And so it's scary because they still have all these big obligations, mm -hmm. right? And they, they have something to lose. Unlike the young person who has got nothing to lose, they do have something to lose. Yeah. In reflecting on the purchase of the business and and then what it took for you guys to get to where you are today, is there is there any kind of piece of advice you would have for those people? Maybe the the forty something year old person who who thinks they want to buy a business. What 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 could you tell that person about it? It's always scary when you make a big move like that. But if you don't make the move, you'll never you'll never go ahead. Yeah. You'll always be a slave to to somebody else. And if you're going to be a slave, you might as well be a slave to yourself. See, and, and another thing, an advantage that we had is we were moving home. He comes from a big family. They were very, very supportive, all workers. So we needed a new roof. They were there to put it on. They helped him put the new building up. His brothers did. So we saved a lot. Ralph is a mechanic. He fixed a lot. He was able, so those make, like, if my stepdad had bought the business, you know, he would have been out in left field. He, he doesn't know, he's not mechanically inclined. So to pay to have all those things done, that was mm -hmm. another big factor. So I, I think you'd want to get into a business that you think, you know, that you can do something with. You, you can't just buy a business, you know, out of the blue and say, oh, that was good for him. It's going to be good for me because I don't think that's true. Well, and I think you're also getting at something else too, Lucy. You're talking about being part of a greater community. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so when you came home to Miramichi after being away for, for a long time working mm -hmm. with the military, um, 
what was the reaction like of the people around you in your immediate family? They were, I'm guessing it sounds like they were supportive of this. Oh, extremely. Yeah. 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 Very supportive. Very supportive. Uh, I have a, we I come from a big family and we're very close. So it's uh, it was very good that way. If I needed something, I could just say I needed it and it yeah. would show up. Yeah. It was, there was never a question asked. Sometimes and, things and would disappear thing. too. <laughs> if the family was around, yeah, like that. It's all part of the fun. But it's all, yeah, it's not in a bad way. It's, it's, yeah, we always it, have the joke, but my brother comes over, I always say, uh-oh, we're going to lose money again today. <laughs> but he's, he's had, his older brother worked with us for four or five years, has now guys been there for eight or nine years. We've had nephews in there. My son worked there for a summer. You know, we help out over Neil Ground whenever there's student programs where they need and, you know. So there's lots of programs like that, and we always there to help, you know, help out sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, awesome, guys. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today because I had a lot of great moments talking with you guys on the hill, and I knew that hill. your story was a great – well, on the mountain. Um, because I know you guys, your story was a great one, and I knew yeah. that there would be all kinds of people uh, who, who watch my program that yeah. would love to hear yeah. some of your experience because I think that y your story really captures a lot of what people are after when they're looking at, you know, buying into a, a especially a small business, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking at something that is not only going to be an investment, but it's going to be their own career yeah. because they want to have that control. I mean, Ralph, you use the word slave, you know, for me working for myself is all about time, right? Is this, yeah, I work hard, but I get to choose when I do it, right? Yeah. And, and and nobody's going to yes. tell me when I have to show up somewhere. Yeah. And 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 that's what makes it worthwhile to me, especially now with my young kids, right? Being able yeah. to make my schedule work around them. And, you know, I I could tell by watching the two of you that you're happy people. Mm -hmm. And and so it's hard to be that way when you feel like you're under someone's thumb all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, our freedom is probably the past, oh, well, like, yeah, seven, eight years, we've been really, you know, been able to do a whole lot more. And, uh, well, mind you, since our, our daughter's been off now, still at, at university, but uh, we're being able to enjoy life certainly a lot more. But ever since we got into the business, like, we never traveled before at all, never had the money. Yeah. Military was paycheck to paycheck, you know, so, I mean, it, it certainly taught a taught a lot but um and gave a lot of background for ralph but it's uh, it was paycheck he was had a second job at one time while in the military yeah so um mm. so we've we've come certainly very very far yeah yeah i'll just yeah. say we, we've been lucky at life yeah it's uh yeah. we worked hard yeah but we're, we were lucky at life too yeah mm. all right guys thank you very much thank you thank you all right well have yeah. a great day and enjoy the weekend yeah. can't wait to get have the get together right yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kelly reunion. I, I think we're going to Peru next year too. So. Oh, yes. Love it. Good. Yeah. Good all, all going. We're all going. Tell me how you make it. <laughs> I'll be there. Sounds good. Take See care you, of yourself. Take bye care. Bye-bye.